Welcome to the Spirituality of Strength Training with your host, Anna Willard. This podcast is dedicated to bring you knowledge, wisdom, inspiration, and guidance to wherever you may be on your health journey. For those who are new to me, I am a kettlebell strength coach, a movement nerd ninja, and an empowerment coach on a mission to bring you hope through our health. The root word of health comes from wholeness. The root word of wholeness comes from holy. Despite our differences with religion and spiritual beliefs, we are all human beings with a body that is designed to reflect this holiness through our health. It wasn't until my seventh year as a health profession where I went into a deep awakening of understanding what does it mean to train my spirit and to heal my spirit through the physical. You'll hear a little bit more about my story from other health professionals, from strength coaches, psychiatrists, spiritual gurus and leaders, to other people who talk about the importance of our health as a community body and the health of our planet as well. This podcast is to allow us to step into our whole health, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you for being here. If you love what you hear, I encourage you to subscribe. If you want more inspiration and quotes from these podcasts, I encourage you to follow me on Instagram at Anna underscore Willard underscore. I encourage you to do a little bit of a movement, either yoga flow, go for a walk, sit in nature as you enjoy this episode. Hello, strong one. Interviewing Cami today. She is a self-love success coach, the host of the Faith Fit Freedom podcast, and also a trainer, went from all came from the corporate world, totally transformed her life. I'm so excited I hit my mic. Cami, you are such a delight, such a spunk, such a joy, a ball of um, energy. I am so excited to have you on the show and hear more. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Uh, now, we met at a business retreat, and we both were talking about these ideas of us starting each other's podcast. And here we are now actually living into it. So how exciting is that? I know. I'm literally, it's so exciting. It's like, we're doing the thing, you yeah. know, like we just got to say it and then do it. That's it. Yeah. 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 I love it. Now, um, you didn't uh, originally start in the fitness professional. Can you explain a little bit of how your journey came into the fitness aspect and how you evolved as a self-love and success coach? Sure. Absolutely. So I, my, my dream was actually to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be one since I was three. I've always loved animals. Yeah. So I was on that path in college. I was pre-med molecular cell biology. So I went into that space of like science for the longest time. Now I was a college athlete. I've always been an athlete. So I always loved fitness. Uh-huh. I felt, I never felt like that was going to be my career. Um, I did get into the sports nutrition space, um, 2012. And so that's kind of when I started like being in the supplement industry, being in the health industry. And ironically, that's when I learned actually how unhealthy that most people who are in the fitness industry really are. 
And Mm -hmm. I went through that too. Like I was wanting to, I thought like my dream was to compete in fitness competitions and be on the cover of a magazine and be 10% body fat. And so I pursued that for like a good five, six years. And the whole time I was miserable. I was hating myself. I was doing deprivation and dieting and over cardio. And my story completely shifted in 2013 when I hurt my back because, you know, sometimes in fitness, like we talked about before, you can overtrain, you can hurt yourself. It's really not about self-love. It's about vanity a lot of times, or it's about trying to to prove something to somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was training for a fitness show that I wasn't going to be ready for, but I wasn't, I wouldn't admit that like I I wasn't ready for it. So I was doing three hours of cardio a day and I was also traveling on the plane. And I also like, I was living in California at the time and the landlord was like, Hey, we're selling the house that we're living in. So like, I didn't have a place to live. I like moved all my stuff. So it was just like this crazy. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. And here I am like sleeping on people's couches and like my back was starting to hurt and I was ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, what ended up happening is I ignored it for a while. I ended up getting a bulging disc L5 S1 and I was put on disability for six weeks. They said, don't work, don't do anything like just rest. And so in the matter of six weeks, I pretty much laid on the floor and ate pizza and I gained 25 pounds in two months. Oh, no. And that was me. So the best part of this is like, that was me when I started my website. Like I started my website then when I was overweight by 25 pounds and I was like the fat fitness professional. And so that was my shift to be like, first of all, I was having all these doubts of like, well, how can I coach somebody if I can't be in control myself? Mm. But that was also my shift when I decided that I was not going to live this like vicious cycle of binging and depriving and cardio and exercise. And I decided I'm going to show women how to do this the way that may take longer, but is the best way for them to maintain and sustain a healthy lifestyle for the rest of their life. So that's been where I've been at on the self-love journey for the past five years since I've been running my business. Awesome. I love it. Um, It's funny how we, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I also had a um, back injury that kind of like spiraled me into the world of kettlebells. And so I think it's very fascinating. the parallel uh, stories that we both share with back mm-hmm. injuries and how it's changed our approach to fitness. Cause yes. I as well was doing a lot of overtraining with water skiing, Olympic lifting, cross um, fit style workouts, and just totally destroyed my body. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that back injury where I was like, how to take a break out of work and was like, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. Am I really kind of what you're saying about like, am I really treating my body right? Am I training it correctly in a way that it thrives versus like depleting it? Right. Um, so, and there's, love- a, there's a thin line between making excuses. Cause there's been me where I'm like, yes. I'm tired. I can't train today. Or it's like, I actually have an injury. I can't train today. So like just being aware of what's us making excuses and what's us actually being like, no, I do need to take care of myself today. Yeah. And that's a really good point that you bring up. So how, with your clients and everything, how do you help them get clarity on the aspect of like, yeah, we are making excuses or no, we are really listening to our body and giving us that rest and time away from exercise that we, we do need. Mm-hmm. This is so funny. This is so relevant. Cause I was talking to two clients about a similar thing about this. So one of mine had a foot injury and you know how it is like, you want to go hard. You want to go strong, especially if you have a goal. And I'm working with her. We have a goal, but you know, right now she has to be on the bike and like, that's where she has to be. Now her foot started feeling better. 
And she goes back three days and starts running. And I said, well, let's, let's maybe just do one day or two days. And so it's that, and this is the process I think so many people do, especially women. You're like all in gung ho. I'm going to do it. I'm going to train five days a week. Like you go from sitting on the couch to training five days a week or crossfitting. And you're like wondering why you get hurt. So it's like, it's having the mindset of let me do baby steps and Mm -hmm. achieve those small things. And I think another thing, especially somebody who's been fit before, it's hard when you've been fit before because you remember what you used to do. Yeah. But that really doesn't matter. You got to start with where you are now, whether you're overcoming an injury or whether you've just taken some time off, like maybe you take a month off. Like I haven't trained in two weeks. I'm not going to go in and run and do burpees. I'm going to like do body weight squats. I'm going to be sore, but that's just, I just, I know now my limitations and I, my, my thought before, because I was in the bodybuilding world was I have to go in and lift for 45 minutes. I have to do 45 minutes of cardio and I have to do like a body weight. Like I have to do biceps and triceps one day. Like that was my mentality. And it's so interesting now because I have a garage gym. I will train in there. I trained in there one day for seven minutes and I was like, I'm good. I'm done. And yeah. I felt so good. And me yeah. before would have never done that. I'd be like seven minutes. That's dumb. Who does that? But I have like a totally different perception now because I'm like, seven minutes is better than zero minutes. So I'm going right. to do seven minutes. So right. that's taken some time to achieve, but anybody listening, like really set the bar low so that you can mm-hmm. celebrate. Yeah. Like the fun part is being like, Hey, I walked around the block this week every day. Like, cool. Make it something you can achieve. Yeah. Versus like, I'm going to go run three miles tomorrow and you actually never ran one mile. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. I love how you said, uh, set the bar low. A lot of mm-hmm. us in, in, especially in our culture, we talk about like, set the bar high let make sure you get to that place or that goal. But those baby steps that you're talking about, let's make sure we set the bar low and celebrate those small wins. And that's, what's going to keep that momentum moving forward and everything. Now with that, does that, do you incorporate that aspect of self-love with the type of approach? And cause I know a lot of times with setting the bar low, we still are like, but I'm not here at that mm-hmm. high place or like where I should be. And we play that game within ourselves a lot of times with having a physical goal. How do you help women achieve those high goals, but still have that journey of self-love with mm-hmm. that? That's such a great question. So the thing with goals is the reason we set a goal is because we want to feel a certain way. Mm. So I set yeah. a goal to be on the cover of a magazine and I thought that was going to make me feel worthy. And that's mm-hmm. a super high goal to set anyway, right? Like, right, right. like that's going to take a lot of years, even if I achieve that goal. But I kind of like every day was like, well, I'm not on a cover magazine. So I suck. Like that was kind of my mentality. Oh. It was like all or nothing. Like I'm either on it or I'm not. Right. And I was just, again, I was just talking about this with my client and people come to me for nutrition. And I really shifted to start letting people know, like, you can come to me for wellness. So now we talk about Mm -hmm. wellness. I'm not giving meal plans. I'm not giving strict adherence guidelines of what you need to do. I let you choose what feels good to you. Mm -hmm. And when you're setting that goal, we talk about how do you want to feel? Okay. Well, I want to feel confident, sexy, happy, energetic. Well, there's things you can do right now today to feel those ways. So when I'm working with my clients, I'm giving them homework. And it might be like, go get a tight dress and like wear that dang thing out and take some selfies. Like, so that you feel <laughs> good it. right now, because yeah. what, what happened with me, I was at my leanest, like, like my leanest, like 16% body fat. Mm-hmm. And I was still nitpicking. And I was like, my thighs are fat. And I like, I was miserable. 
Mm. And I look back and now I was like, holy crap, I was so lean, but I remember how much I hated my body. And now I'm probably like 15 or 20 pounds heavier. I'm at a healthy weight, but I'm able to live in this body, eat what I want to eat, still have fun, not deprive and feel really confident about my body. Like I'm going to get some tight shorts and I don't care that my thighs are huge. Like I'm okay with that now. And before, before I wasn't. And so it it really is just a practice and it's a, it's like a switch that goes off. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. once the switch goes off, you're like, dang, this is a way better way to live than to hate myself every single day. Yeah. That's awesome. Now for you and your personal practice, how has fitness incorporated into your faith? Cause you have the podcast, the fit faith freedom, which I love the name of it. How does fitness really incorporate with that aspect of your life? Mm-hmm. I, I think faith too. Like I kind of Faith obviously can be in a higher power, right? And God mm-hmm. taking care of us and coming alongside of us, but it's also faith in ourselves. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of women self-sabotage repeatedly because they actually don't. And I was like that. I would like do really well and then fall off the wagon and then just be like, I'm horrible. And then eat more peanut butter and just vicious cycle. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. So faith for me, I, I feel connected to source, to spirit when I'm moving my body mm-hmm. and I feel, and especially after being injured, I just remember laying there being like, I just wish I could do anything. Like, I just wish I could walk around the block. So now I have such a better feeling for just having a strong, healthy body. So I'm like, I get to do this. There are people who are sick in hospital beds who cannot do what we can do. Yeah. So I feel obligated Mm. to take care of my body and to actually honor those people who can't by living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And so I think of it in that way of like, I, ha- I have an obligation to live a healthy life and that's going to benefit more people because then I can do more work. And that's anybody, even if they don't own their own business, you're going to show up better for your family. Yep. You're going to show up better in your relationships. You're going to show up better and just serve more people. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the faith piece comes into me and being in nature and just doing things that feel good to me. And when I first started training, I was in the gym and I was just like hardcore two hour workouts. And now I'm like outside and I'll do a walk with my dogs or like just run around the block. Like it's, I'm very more loose and open with how I train. And because of that, I'm able to to train more often where I'm like, I want to train. That's part of my spiritual practice. That's part of my morning my morning wake up routine. Right. So, So I've always felt that physical connection when I'm actually moving my body. It sounds like you moved from like really, really structured to structure, but freedom. Mm-hmm. Like yes. you gave yourself of like, okay, I am going to work out. I am going to move, but you gave yourself that freedom to have that possibility of being outside and ha- changing it up or giving yourself that freedom for that seven minute workout and being confident and good in that seven minutes versus self-sabotaging of like, I should have gotten to at least 20 minutes today. Mm-hmm. Yes. And looking at it uh, almost as like a cup half full. I don't really like using that analogy, but looking at the positive side of things and seeing where you can fit fitness into the lifestyle, which is mm-hmm. awesome on that. Yeah. So, and and I'm going to go back to structure because I wouldn't yeah. call myself, I wouldn't call myself a structured person. In <laughs> fact, my, my podcast previously was called rule breaker lifestyle. Cause I'm like, I do what I want. Like yeah. I eat yeah. what I want. Like, and so I like having that freedom, right? But mm-hmm. it really is the freedom of choice. Yeah. So if I'm talking about tr- structure, 
it's more so that I'm time blocking and I'm writing in my planner, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. workout. And then right. whatever happens during that hour is whatever. But mm-hmm. you're right in the fact that you're not going to get it done unless you schedule it. That's just proven. And I haven't trained in two weeks, which is ironic because I was like, you're going to ask me if, what my routine is. And I'm like, <laughs> two weeks, I haven't had a routine. I'm getting ready to host a retreat tomorrow and I'm going to Bali yeah. next week. So I'm like, yeah. you know, it just, it kind of fell off. So right now this week is like walking my dogs. That's what I'm doing. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But me in the past would have been like, oh, I'm just a fat cow. I'm just going to eat pizza now. Like I just would have like self-sabotaged even more. But now I'm like, well, if I'm not training that much. Let me just watch what I'm eating. Make sure I'm getting enough protein in, getting enough right. water in and right. really like being aware of like how my body's feeling. And like, I'm not going to gain 25 pounds in a day. I'm not even going to gain five pounds in a day. Like I can maintain my weight just with nutrition right. and not freak out about like not training for two weeks. But I think it's ironic because as a trainer and a coach, they're like, yeah. what do you mean? You haven't worked out in two weeks. I'm like, it's okay. You guys like yeah. I'm, I'm so consistent over time that like two weeks here and there is not bad. And it's actually right. good to take a week of rest if you need it. So well, I, I love how you just right away, you just like listed off all the things that you're, that's going on in your life. And there's times where probably with the women that you work with, similar to my own life and the clients that I work with, there are times in life where it gets super busy and it's really hard to fit those exercise routines in. But what you said of just making sure of that self-care in other aspects of water, sleep, nutrition, and taking care of ourselves in that way versus that all or nothing approach of looking at like, what can I still do during this busy time in life? Like I admit too, I haven't been really working out on a like regimen routine just because I moved, I quit school. There's a lot of other things going on in my life too. That was just like a big upswing, which is all good stuff. But I was like, my routine kind of fell off. But at the same time, going back to what you're saying of like making sure like I'm still getting good sleep nutrition still good. I'm good. Like it's all good. And I did a workout yesterday and I was like, I'm, it's not like, it's not what I used to lift, but uh-huh. I'm getting back into it. And I'm yes. glad that I was able to move and everything. Um, so it's, I love the approach that you bring into of those busy times of seasons uh-huh. and being okay with yourself. Of like I'm working or not working, but I like was able to walk the dog uh-huh. and move forward that way. So looking at ways you can fit it in, which is great. Yeah. And, and you made a good point too about like, I think like moving and quitting school, like there could be so many emotions around both of those things, yes. right? To where yeah. you're just like, oh, and we could go down into a downward spiral and just be like, oh, my life. But I think <laughs> the difference, and you can, you, you can tell me if you feel the same, is that like, I can't wait to get back to working out. I'm like, okay, my retreat, I'm focused on my retreat. It's happening tomorrow. I'm going to go on a hike first thing in the morning on Sunday. And then I'm going to get in a, like, I want, I can't wait to just like spend time moving my body. And Mm -hmm. next week, all my clients are on vacation and I'm just going to like kill it in the gym. Right. So I'm excited to get back to it. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes if you haven't developed that consistency in that mindset, then you're actually afraid to get back to it. You're just like, oh, it's going to be hard, Mm -hmm. but it's like, don't do the 20 minute workout, do the seven minute workout. Like you have to regress if you're just coming back into it, don't, you're, you're not going to go there and try to deadlift or use the same kettlebell weights that normally you would use. You're going to ease back into it. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I can totally relate. And I think it's important too, that especially with us women that and not men too, as well 
to understand when we are going through some of those emotional roller coasters that we ride those emotional roller coasters. And if we, that means to back off of body work, we back off of body work Mm -hmm. and allow us to go through those emotions of joy and laughter. And then also the sadness that whatever life chapter you may be living in, that we really go through those because Mm -hmm. I, I know for myself, it's manifested within my body unless I really dive into that and listen to what, in a way, my body is speaking in a way of quieting my body. So mm-hmm. can you elaborate too? Cause you, you talked about that regression, progression. Mm-hmm. Is there times where you're like, no, I need to stop with the exercise and I just need to go for a walk despite if you're busy or not with life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because I don't train as hard now as I used to. Now right. I was, I do teach at a fitness studio that's high intensity intervals. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is when I train that intense and I train for an hour, like when I'm in there, I'm beast mode. Like people are afraid. Yeah. Like I'm beast mode. Like <laughs> I'm like, get out of my way. I'm killing you. Right <laughs> and so like, I know that I train really hard, like probably harder than most, most people because I'm an athlete. Right. But what I've noticed is that creates such a hunger in me that I cannot keep up with my hunger. Mm. So I actually took some time off of going into those intense classes. And I ended up just doing like, like I'm doing like light jogging and I'm doing body weight circuits in my garage, which are not heavy at all. And after doing that for like four to six weeks, I dropped eight pounds because I wasn't as starving. So I think that was a time where I was like, I want to be killing it. I want to be doing this hard class. But I realized like, I don't have to do that hard class. Like I can do what works for me. And I found out very quickly that I'm less hungry when I'm not training like that beast mode. And so, uh, and, and that's something I didn't realize for until literally this year. But in the past, when I was trying to keep my calories so, so low and I was training for two hours, that's why I was eating a whole jar of peanut butter is because my body actually needed the calories. So I think I learned that. And then right now, like specifically even today, I don't really do yoga. I mean, that's on my, it's on my list. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's on my list to get certified. Like I actually have my certification, like, okay, (gasps) I bought it. (laughs) Again, because I want to, I want to teach it at my next retreat. So I'm like, I want to be there and teach it. So before September I'll I'll be certified, but (laughs) I'm feeling in my body like tightness. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually right now I'm like, oh, my hip flexor tight. My back is kind of tweaky. Like I can feel that my body's like, you need to move more. Like right. I just need to go in and just do body weight squats. I just need to go in and like stretch it out, get it warmed up. So that's something I'm actually going to do tonight. Cause I have a friend coming over. She's a yoga instructor. So I'm going to be like, yoga, do me, whatever we're yeah, going to do, let's do it. it. <laughs> so I'm actually really excited about that. It brings another point too. like having friends to hold you accountable is like, yeah, honestly, such a great thing. That's what's helped me so many years is just having somebody to meet at the gym or now we have online groups to where you can have accountability. You can find a Facebook group anywhere. You can find accountability online, even if you don't have somebody, right. but having that relationship and accountability where you're saying, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do it. And check in with me on Friday to see if I did it. Yeah. That is super helpful. Yeah. And I think it, which is really important for like accountability, like buddies, I call them my buddies mm-hmm. is like, if I didn't follow through with my workout or some other accountability partner that I had for something else, them asking what's going on and not giving me that shame. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I think it's really important that we find really um, people who we can trust 
and that won't shame us for that. And we don't shame them either of like, well, you didn't go to the gym. I went to the gym. Why couldn't you go to the gym? Instead of like, are you okay? That's not like you to not go to the gym or something else is up and being in tuned with each other of really not just that self-love for ourselves, but also that love for each other. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that and like the importance of the type of accountability buddy? Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Like if they could take one thing from the podcast, <laughs> it's that like that's, that's self-love in a nutshell. Like that's what I teach because yeah. I've had coaches before in the past that would coach me, that would give me a meal plan. Right. And it would say like, eat this. And then if mm-hmm. I did not eat that and let's say my progress pictures were up or down or whatever, I would feel that shame. And it was kind of reflected in like, well, you didn't do the plan and that's why. And so it's your fault. And so every time I would feel this sense of shame, if like I had an extra bite of chicken, like, you know, I'm like, it's chicken. It's fine. Like, (laughs) but, but that's how we get. And so I think the person, you guys have to be on the journey together because, and and honestly, a lot of times you have to find new people Mm -hmm. because when you're ready to make a change, Mm -hmm. they kind of want to, hold you back because they're like, well, why aren't you drinking with me? Why aren't we going out to the bar? Like, so you just have to look at your space because what we achieve is based on the people we spend our time with and Mm -hmm. the words and and the the thoughts and the ideas and the values that we surround ourselves with is is what's going to show up in our life. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually kind of a hermit because I want to make sure that the people I'm like surrounding myself with are pouring good things into me. Right. And mm-hmm. I set hard boundaries, like hard boundaries, maybe too hard. In some <laughs> sometimes. But I'm just like, Hey, like we have to have this relationship be positive. And I really enjoy like talking to people that are going to help me grow mm-hmm. and, but who are also going to give me that grace, right. Whenever I screw right. up or I don't yeah. know what I'm doing or I, I show up. So I think once you find that person, you got to stick with that person. And I have a few of them in my life and Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll make consistent appointments with them. Yeah. And then the other people, I'm just like, sorry, I'm busy. Like I'm working out or I'm sorry, I can't make it. Eventually they'll stop inviting you. That's fine. I mean, that's, that's what you want, but five people in your life are going to, going to build you up the most. And I know there's Mm -hmm. people listening who are maybe in like rural Alabama and they're like, well, I don't have anybody podcasts, get an audible membership, listen to like, where else? Like I love audible. Cause where else can you get access to these high level coaches? And right. yeah, I mean, millionaires and everything else and super fit people listen to an audible book every single day. That's what I do. Like I start my routine with just these, these, and you can find oh, Tony great. Robbins. You can yeah. find Tony Robbins things free on YouTube. I mean, I'll uh-huh. just listen over and over again. So if yeah. you don't have friends that are positive, find some positive people on the internet and start listening to their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so with that, um, can you elaborate a little bit more of time, kind of like the qualities to look for, for people? Um, or if you do any, like, cause I know sometimes I do like group partnering, um, training with people. I'm like, Oh, this would be a really good fit. You guys would be really accountable with each other. How do you find, do you do that first? And then how do you help your clients kind of set those boundaries of self-love and finding those people that are going to serve them well with that accountability. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I do, I don't do a lot of group, like I don't do a lot of like one-on-one training together with two people in person. Yeah, Uh Mostly what I do is one-on-one phone calls. That's how I do my coaching with women. 
But every time we're on the phone, we're talking about some relationship somewhere, right? And it starts with a relationship with yourself. And then things are going to trickle over into a relationship with your significant other, your friend, your boss, whatever. Mm Because if your boss yells at you, you might turn around and binge eat. So we need to talk about that, right? Like what's that relationship with your boss and how can we go over it? So what I usually start with, I feel like this is the best place to start. This is where I started is you just start recognizing how you feel when you're around those people. Mm. And I think like there's two things that I always can notice really quickly. And the more you grow, the more you can notice negativity really quick. And you're like, I'm going to exit this conversation. Yeah. Um, so the first one is gossip. Like if just anybody's just gossiping, it's just like, like that's yucky. I don't want to be in that. Like that's bringing my energy down. Right. Because, no, those same people are talking about you and you're not there. So it's just mm-hmm. like, ah, no, thank you. And so you can just remove yourself from that situation. And for me, like in the workplace, that means eating my lunch by myself and then going for a walk. Like that mm-hmm. means not sitting at the table where everybody's going to talk about the boss or whoever mm-hmm. and just being okay with separating yourself because it might feel uncomfortable in the moment, right. but you're, you're going to be light years ahead. They're going to be right in their same spot 20 years from now. You're yep. going to be just decades ahead because of the, the boundary that you decided to set. Yeah. And the second thing, and this is specifically for women, because this is like so prevalent that nobody notices it. And I notice it so much that I'm just like, what are we doing here, people? Like, I just, I I can't stand it, but it's just because I've done the work for 10 years. Uh And that is women, when they get together, it's like a cultural thing to just talk bad about their bodies or to talk Mm -hmm. bad about like... It's like, I would give you a compliment and be like, oh my gosh, Anna, I love your hair. Like, I wish my hair would do that. My hair is so dry. Like, it's like, why can't I just give you a compliment without also bashing myself at the same time? Mm, Right. So recognition is the first step. And what I did with my friend is, you know, we would actually meet up at the gym. And at the time we were both like young in our twenties and just like, life was so hard, you know, (laughs) everything was just horrible. Like like really, it wasn't that bad, but like that was our mindset, you know? Right. Yeah. And so Uh we would just be like, work was so hard today and blah, blah, blah. So we, number one, we said, every time we meet up to train, we're going to say one thing that we're we're thankful for. And -hmm. like, I remember at the time I was so like, just, just negative that it was like really hard for me. I was like, I guess I'm thankful for my car. Like, but I still, I still wasn't. I was like, it's kind of an old car. Like, I wish I didn't have this one. I wish it was white, but it's silver. Right. Like, yeah. but at least I was like on the step to like going down the path. Mm-hmm. And then it became easier. Then we like up the ante. We're like, okay, say three things that you're thankful for. And then we also would start calling each other out whenever we said anything negative about our body. So like, we would just like the first thing is to just recognize it and then zip it. Like start right. to say it. And even if you're starting to say it, just shut your mouth and just be like, Never mind. Nope. Like, and then just shut it down. Yeah. This, the next thing would be to actually replace it. And um, what I had, because I was like, I had such bad body dysmorphia, and body dysmorphia just means like you think your body looks a different way than it does. Like when I was really, really lean, I thought I was still really fat, and I remember just hating everything about my body. And like, I'm never going to be lean enough. And that's just a self love and a worthiness piece that has nothing to do with your body. Like. You can love your body no matter what size or weight it is. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I could think of on my body at the time that I loved that I didn't have like loathing for was my wrist. I was like, well, my wrists, because they're not fat. And so I just focused on my wrists. I was like, I love my wrists. Like they're thin, they look good. And then I would go to like things that I didn't have an emotional attachment to. I'd be like, I'm thankful for my lungs. Like, holy cow, I can breathe. Uh, Yeah. 
Uh Like my heart is pumping right now. And then I would just be like, so like, I'm like, that's crazy. My body is like doing all these things. And so it took my, my focus off of my external body and was just like, wow, my body actually is a miracle. And so I just kept practicing that over time Uh and that changed my mindset. Now it didn't happen overnight, but it's just practice. What I, what I love of your approach, it's still that like you set that bar low approach aspect of like, let me just be thankful for one thing. Let me just start there. Cause this is already a struggle. And then you started building that like muscle basically of like, Oh, I'm really grateful for this. And then this, and then you, that trickled into your body. And I love that. of just like, well, okay, I can be grateful for my wrist and then your lungs and then your heart. And then it started just expanding from that. So I loved how you took it again, that baby, approach or baby step approach. And then you allow it to grow from there. Now you mentioned, um, as you were talking, I want to kind of go back to this of how you're going into this aspect of you want to go into yoga and you're feeling your body. How do you help with clients to listen to the wisdom of their body? Cause I know for me, like that's one of my main goals is really to like unemploy myself as a trainer as like, I want to get people to a place where they can listen to their body and they know what to feed it either with exercise or stretch or nutrition. And they really listen to that inner wisdom. How do you help your clients get to that place where they really know how to listen to that wisdom of the body? Mm, I love that. And I use a, a quick tool and I think I made a hashtag out of it because oh, I love it. Not? Yeah. Um, hashtag but, yeah. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> So I call it, I feel better when, so it's IFBW, I feel better when, and Uh all it is, is like, I'm free to do whatever I want. I'm free to, to drink 17 beers. If I want, I'm free to eat a whole pizza, but after I do it, I don't feel great. So actually I think about what I'm going to eat or how I'm going to train or how I'm going to move. And I find out I feel better when I do X, Y, and Z. And so that way it's also it's an experiment. It's not like, Oh, I did something wrong or, Oh, I ate bad or I didn't follow my program. It's like, no, like today, like you said, like today, I just need to walk or today. I just, I'm sick of being in the gym. I want to get outside. I'm going to go hiking. Like it's that freedom to choose. And it's that, that experiment to say like, Oh, it doesn't feel great when I train high intensity because it makes me hungry. Like, and before I didn't give myself that freedom, I was like, I'm on a 12 week program. I'm doing the 12 week program. (laughs) I don't care if I got five hours of sleep, I'm doing it, you know, right, like, yeah. and now I'm more like, you know what, like I'm going to sleep because my body needs sleep. And so I'm more in tune with that. And what I think happens with that is when you release the expectation and of setting the bar so high yeah. and being like, I have to stick with this because I said I was going to, right. You actually end up, you actually ironically sometimes end up losing weight if that's your goal. Or you end up feeling better because your cortisol levels will drop. Yeah. Because you're not stressed out about I need to train this way or I need to eat this way or I have to do this. It's not I have to, it's I choose to. Mm-hmm. And that's a way more empowering place to be than yeah. feeling like you have to do something. Right. Yeah. And I know for myself of like I have been looking for a different phrase of like I have to do this. And the phrase I have found is like, I get to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love how you bring your clients in that almost opening their eyes and their body to the freedom and not having that, like, cause we do, I know for myself coming up, growing up in a very legalistic Christian school and that aspect of 
there was a right or wrong for almost every action I did and how fitness there isn't that doesn't need to have that right or wrong approach to it. So, mm-hmm. that's and great. it's going to change with you over time. Like your yeah. body's going to change. I have a friend who's literally about to deliver a baby like today or tomorrow mm-hmm. and now, and she's a CrossFitter, but now she's just walking. Like she, today she walked a mile and that was her, that was where she's at. Right. right? And, and she felt great about it. Mm-hmm. Now, same thing. We back in the day, we would have been like, oh, that's horrible. But you have to, to look at today as today. What can you do today? And just yeah. make it simple. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, this, we have a huge amount of knowledge from you already, and you're such a ball of energy and just a joy to be around. Um, so I can't wait to get back to North Carolina and visit you in person. Um, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> and now you have a retreat coming up in September. Is that right? Yes. I'm hosting a retreat. It'll be my second retreat. My first one's tomorrow. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. We're going to do about a two and a half day retreat at the beach. It's going to be very intimate and we're going to work on limiting beliefs. Um, we're gonna do a lot of movement. So by that time I'll be doing yoga. We'll be doing some body weight stuff. We'll definitely get some workouts in. We'll talk about nutrition, but my goal on all of these retreats is to leave transformed and to leave with a new tribe. Nice. Awesome. So if you're in North Carolina or in the Southeast area, make sure you check out Camille. Make sure all the links to her retreat are in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you want to add? I know we're kind of short on time, but we're going to be wrapping it up soon. I just want to invite people to join my Facebook group if they're looking for accountability. That's yeah. that's I mean, it's called Fit Faith Freedom Facebook group. Um, come in. We'll talk about the retreat in there. We talk about wellness. We talk about mindset. And I think that's the missing link for a lot of people is to have those healthy relationships mm-hmm. and that accountability. And then even like the awesome opportunity to come and meet these women in person when we start doing retreats. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that. And then I have a five-day self-love challenge that they can also get just some really good tips delivered to their inbox, like five minutes. What can you do to start loving yourself more? Awesome. That baby um, step approach is great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Cammie, thank you um, for coming onto the show and sharing your journey and your passion for self-love and success and bringing in the fit faith freedom approach to your clients and even to yourself. I know we can't teach what we don't practice ourselves. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being dedicated to this journey and the journey is up others. We're going to be um, wrapping it up. Thank you guys for tuning in. What you'll hear next is just a short and sweet session from me. So stay tuned for that. Other than that, if you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe, share the love with the five stars and a comment below. We are going to be peacing out.